You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Alexa, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hello, everybody out there. We are back. The gang is back together. Yeah. We had a short crossover episode that I think was a fun time last week with the Mickey Bars podcast. Uh, but What? Yeah, you weren't invited. <laughs> My name's Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Yeah, I heard something about... Well, I, I listened to this. Mm-hmm. When was this recorded? <laughs> I, was, I was like, we'll, what happened? When did this happen? We'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot about Disney. Good. What's coming up? Good. Good. Uh, that there, there's a hot dog there that's more of a pork roast. So we, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Clifton answered your question, mm-hmm. what they call the mustard. Yes. Yeah. Oh, when you get a fancy hot dog that's more of a pork roast, mm-hmm. you pull up and roll down your window and say... Pardon me, do you have any gray padwan? <laughs> you've been, I have, I you've been waiting with, a week for that. I yep. was there with the answer the other day, but yeah. I was just listening Sitting to you. Guys. Did yeah. you get that joke from your robot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have a fourth host tonight. Uh, the uh, Echo thing. I'm not to say her name because she's going to start talking to us. We, are, we brought her here just as a fact checker. <laughs> Maybe we can get some of that sweet Amazon money. I've seen other podcasts use... You know, Amazon links and things. To, yeah, yeah. You get to buy stuff that you talk about on the show and get money. So oh, yeah. if we start using Amazon robots. Good idea. Okay, so what are we doing? <laughs> We're doing a regular episode. Hmm. Cool. So first, let's do one of these. Uh, let's uh, get to know each other. Yeah. You down with KPP? Yeah, you know me. What the hell is wrong with you people? What is wrong with you? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Why are you the way that you are? All right, it's my turn to draw out of the hat. It was what was your favorite cereal as a kid, Jordan? Ooh, favorite cereal. Favorite cereal. Wow. I to me, now this might be a, a controversial opinion, but to me, nowadays cereal is nowhere near what it used to be when we were kids. Oh no. You, you walk down the cereal aisle and it was cartoons and movies. It was like the toy aisle. It was. <laughs> they had so many tie-ins to, car- to cartoons Do they even and video have toys games. in cereal anymore? I'm sure they're like choking hazards and stuff now. Oh. I'm sure it's digital codes you have to redeem for something. Right. Now you can't get tattoos in cereal millennials. marks anymore. These millennials. You gotta, go to Disney. <laughs> you gotta go to Disney Main Street to get your tattoos in there. <laughs> Ah, mm. oh, one of my favorites. I can think of some of my f- favorites. Like I remember, remember, like 
alphabets are really like those because they were like, I don't want something like just complete sugar, just straight sugar. So I like that the, they had a sweet taste to them and you could spell, leave a F you in the bowl in the sink. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, uh, what, what do you like? Yeah, I wasn't a really a cereal eater. We had the monster stuff, we, you know, Frankenberry mm-hmm. and Count, Count Chocula, Chocula and Booberry. Yeah. Yeah, we di- I didn't eat much cereal at all. I remember uh, a little bit when I was very young at my grandmother's, I think just because my cousins were there and we all had to eat it. Um, I remember she always had like King Vitamin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Going back, way back. Those things were like ninja stars. They were sharp. Yeah. <laughs> cut, your, cut the roof of your mouth. Yeah. Maybe that's what turned me off of cereal. <laughs> I don't know. It's like chewing glass. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, my mom always had uh, Lucky Charms. That was her favorite. It's a staple. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I remember buying and having the Star Wars cereal. Remember, you could cut out the mask of like C-3PO or oh, Luke. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I just wanted the mask. Right. I didn't care about the cereal. <laughs> so that was obviously something we had back in the day but yeah um it's funny because cereal is kind of on like this big comeback now there are such thing as cereal bars out there now where you can choose your different type of types of milk and then pick out your cereal you want um which oh, so is, maybe millennials haven't killed cereal they're saving cereal yes the hipsters are saving cereal thank yeah. you hipsters <laughs> <laughs> Never uh, said before. I, I loved all the like the gimmicky cereal. Like there was, uh, I think it was Nintendo brand, and it had two bags in the box. And cereal one was system. like one was like it was what? a cereal system. Nintendo cereal system. <laughs> oh, the NCS, right? <laughs> but it had the it had like you know strawberry flavored Mario cereal, and then uh, some other flavored. And, like you could pour one out of one side of the box and one out of the other. Yeah. And there were like... Like nerds. Yeah, it was. It was a lot like nerds. Uh, and there were like, uh, I think it was Sunday Funnies cereal or something, where the box had a thing that opened up and there were like funny pages inside that you could read as you were eating your cereal. Oh, like, I loved it. You got to do the stuff on the back of the box. Hagar the and... Horrible and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but my, Hagar the Horrible. My... <laughs> wow. You're dating yourself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I loved any of the ones that were based on the cartoons and stuff. I didn't care what it tasted like. I wanted the the prize. I want, yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. It's all about what you were getting out of it. But yeah, there were just gosh, back when we were growing up, there were so many different cereals. I mean, I could just even though I didn't eat them, I could you know name them off for a day. Yeah, and they're like you're like you want the prize. So as soon as you open it, you know, and then your sisters are like, he's putting his hand in the box. <laughs> he's getting on all the cereal. It's like shut up. But I loved Freakies. Freakies? They were like all the mascots were like weird little aliens on skateboards and and rocket packs and stuff. And they were, I think they had marshmallows in them. They were delicious. But my all time favorite cereal to this day was the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves breakfast cereal. Wow, <laughs> I love it already. They, it was, did they have little Kevin Costner's? They, they were little arrows. They were <laughs> chunky little arrows, and they were almost like a Kicks type flavor, kind of a. Uh, oaty, weedy kind of thing, but it had some kind of flavoring to it. And they were in stores way longer than the movie was in theater. 
and I, I was like, I, I can't, I can't ever. I want to buy like these in bulk, and <laughs> I do not want to lose this cereal. I can still Little remember Morgan Freeman freckles in it. Oh, they were, they, they were, there was like. <laughs> Yeah, because they were like the color of Cheerios, but they had little green specks on whatever the flavoring was. Oh my gosh, that's Tasty great! I've never heard of that cereal. So if anybody, if that's not like out there on eBay or something, yeah. I would probably buy a book. It's very specific. <laughs> I feel like it was on the shelf for like maybe six months tops. Right? Yeah, he got his mom bought him in bulk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had C three POs. Remember that? Yeah. That, oh yeah, C three POs. That was a huge deal. I, I feel like every cartoon brand out there of that of that oh, time period there were ninja turtles and yeah. gi oh, yeah, yeah. cereal and oh. yeah oh the fruity pebbles even you know the flintstone i mean it's like yeah the now yeah, there's the ones that from then that are still around you know of course yeah. we got fruit loops and apple jacks and all that stuff so it's crazy pebbles. stuff reese's puffs that's pretty good too so yeah but i you know whatever um, it's a weird crisp. question. People but like Cookie Crisp. You, you I, I don't know that. that we ever had Cookie Crisp. But the whole the I remember wanting them weird. and like not being allowed to have them. They were cookies. They like, were cookies. cookies. It was too obvious. Yeah. Like mom was like, "Wait a minute, those are just cookies." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, no!" Like Cocoa Puffs. No, at least tried a, to hide. It's just a joke, name, mom. It's not cookies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we did it. Okay, so. Let's go. Let's uh, move on. And talk about some TV. Oh, the Lord! What the hell is a sticky maple? Run, Barry, run! That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what this guy look like anyway? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. Ha uh-huh. ha! In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate! Little pig, little pig! Let me in. These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, Cliff's been waiting to talk about that Michael Jackson episode. No, he has not. (laughs) (laughs) Full disclosure, everybody. Um, I was running a little bit late tonight. Had some work stuff going on. It's been a a day. And uh, so I came in a little bit later. Jordan's already over here, and, and they're sitting there watching... Seth is rewatching. I, I can only assume for about the hundredth time uh, yeah. the uh, Leaving Neverland documentary on HBO and torturing poor Jordan with it. <laughs> no, I, he came in a half hour into it, and all I have seen are very wholesome <laughs> childhood memories. So it's just like that. Go home and I'm going. It. I'm not going to watch the rest and just assume everything's great. <laughs> so let's not tell me different. It's it's not great, Jordan. It. Like Cliff said, it takes a turn. <laughs> it takes a turn, let me tell you. Yeah, I knew you were. I, I, I was surprised when you said you did end up finishing because I thought once I got you know a certain amount of time into it, I was like, this is not the wholesome stuff that Cliff likes to watch. Yeah, yeah that's like, for sure. This goes really bad really quick. So mm-hmm. anyway, what we're talking about is you know a couple of guys uh, made some accusations. You know, they're not the only ones. You know, there was a couple court cases years ago. And these these two guys in the movie were actually had actually testified for Michael Jackson right. on his behalf. Right. But you know, but they were you know under his influence and things. And it, I recognized the one guy right away, Wade Robson. Mm-hmm. He was. Ended up being a choreographer for NSYNC and Britney Spears. He's like this great dancer and it's been around forever, but 
The other guy, James Safe Chuck, was in a Pepsi commercial in the 80s where he was like in Michael Jackson's dressing room and that's how he met him. Yeah. But basically, it changed my view. I mean, of course, we've always heard things about Michael Jackson our whole lives. Right. And you, but, but like he always came out unscathed. Right. He always could afford incredible lawyers and was, he always got, you know, got off from it, never got, you know, went to jail or anything. And you, uh, so you just kind of try not to think about it, you know, realistically. I was kind of, I was like, well, he's nothing to reprove it. I'm not going to, I don't want to not enjoy Michael Jackson's music. Well, now it's really changed for me. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm not saying I won't, uh, you know, be able to listen to his music ever, but right now it's pretty rough. And these guys came off as very believable. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. They, when they're telling the same stories, you know, they weren't there. What the same the other t- yeah. one, you know, it's it was pretty bad. So, and not only that, but their um, the the previous children that had accused him, it all kind of matched up yeah. a little too well. <laughs> Everything, yeah, matched up, and you're you're like, oh my gosh, these. So so he had two accusers in court, and then these two now. I don't know how many people does it take before you believe right that something's going on. And trust me, if you're questioning it. First off, everybody should watch it and get the real perspective on this. Not with your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, with the kids in the room. Yeah. But it, Maybe with like, one eye closed. Carly. Yeah. One but, eye closed, kind of cringed yeah. up. Yeah. But it is, they go into graphic, graphic detail. Very, very graphic. You you get complete, it's not none of this, well, maybe they misread the situation. No, it's yeah. not like that. And then, you know. Of course, people will still turn around, defend him, and that's what's amazing to me. Well, we're we're in that moment of time right now, the Me Too movement, and all these powerful people, for the first time maybe in history, being called to account for some of this stuff. And you know, the same week that R. Kelly stuff breaks, and he has mm-hmm. that weird interview, and so many <laughs> accusations against him. There were accusations against him. Oh, yeah. For, I was in high school, I'm yeah, sure, decades. when that broke out. Yeah. And everyone laughed about it. Jay Leno made a joke about it on the night, you know, the Tonight Show. And then we all moved on. Well, we've kind of decided as a society, we can't let this stuff slide. And I've heard the defense, well, he's dead. We just let him rest. Ugh. So I, I, I don't know how to exactly argue that, but it seems like we need... We need to figure it out. Well, if nothing else, it's a, it should serve as a, a word of warning. And, you know, somebody can use it to educate parents, kids, whoever they need to, counselors, whatever, what signs to look for, what, you know, what tactics have been used against these children, things like that. I'll say so. anybody that watches it, um, there is another hour special afterwards that I didn't even know till I happened to get back on HBO afterwards. Till he was rewatching it. Yeah, no. I fully watched it once and then a half hour with the <laughs> No, and then uh, this thing is four hours long. I know. I don't. It was excruciating. It was. It was, it was but, rough. But there's another hour with Oprah and talking to these guys and the director and a, you know a studio audience and it was. It was a pretty powerful hour, you know. It w- I really enjoyed it. It was a nice capper on, like ha- you let everyone kind of work through it a little bit more. And uh, I, you know, it's just I would watch that too if you were going to watch it. But it is, it's a tough thing. Where you know, okay, Louis C.K. or Harvey Weinstein, like they've made some good stuff, but who cares about them? 
really. We the world can live without him. But Michael Jackson was the biggest thing on the planet for a long time. He meant something to across everyone. racial divides. <laughs> and like same thing with Bill Cosby. Like that's why people are having such a hard time even admitting it's possible, let alone you know, denying him and cutting him out of your pop culture existence. Yeah. It's like they meant so much more than who they were as humans and the flaws and horribleness they had that it's, I don't know, it's hard to cut down everything they did for society, basically. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's It was a struggle to, uh, you know, think about that afterwards. And just like these guys, like I said, I felt really bad for them. And they, they, you know, just talking about their mental state and things. And they even they didn't realize it was bad what was happening to them because they were so young. Yeah. Scarily young. <laughs> yeah. I'll point that out. And I said, I only saw the first half hour, but I was weirded out by the two moms. Oh, like, yeah. How much blame should be you know, pointed yeah. in their direction. Yeah, they de- they've caught they a definitely, lot of backlash. Yeah, they do not yeah. come off good in this. The stage moms. Mm-hmm. Hey, they were just as enamored by the fact they were they knew michael jackson and you know got caught up in it it's just it's riveting and uncomfortable (laughs) but gotta face it well speaking of a monster from the 80s Bob Saget is back. Oh, oh I'm so yeah. glad I was going to bring this up. <laughs> I just way. discovered this yesterday. <laughs> I just saw that listed on my TV thing. It's called Videos After Dark. Yeah. At 10 p.m. on ABC one night last week. And I thought, what is that? Yeah. And I click on it. The host of America's Finest Home Videos, Bob Saget, returns with a, quote, edgier twist. On AFV. So it is, you know, before there was YouTube, before there were viral videos, you would mail your tapes into Bob Saget and he would uh, play hilarious clips of family friendly hour on TV. Oh my well, gosh. These are ones that, it, oh, they have to blur some nudity yeah, and, and there's some kids and cussing bleep and some yeah. cursing. So these are the ones you couldn't show the family. Right. So I, I watched a few minutes of it and was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I <laughs> I've watched seen YouTube. Uh, it came up on my Hulu, and I was like, "What? What is that?" And I thought, "Oh, this is some kind of joke." And I clicked on it, and it came up ABC, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> Bob Sag, like uh, that was a show we watched. Oh yeah. I mean, when it first came out, that was like, "Oh, we have that. This is the best thing ever. This is this is a brand new concept." And I think he said he was on. He was the original host. For eight years, so from like 1989 to 1997, and that's when I quit watching it. Like when Bob Saget went away and whoever came after him, I, I was done with it after that. And I don't know how many they've had several hosts since then. I think uh, Alfonso Ribeiro uh, is the current host from uh, The Fresh Prince or uh, Silver Spoons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Ozark with that guy from Silver Spoons. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. Everything we gotta we gotta six degree it back to right. Silver Spoons. So, but yeah, was, did, did you watch much or uh, five minutes? Okay, maybe. but he I, does the original thing where like he does all the voices. Yeah, 
Yeah. Which the little kid's like, hey, mom, what do you think? <laughs> and it's just Bob Saget doing his thing. And it's like, okay. For the first 20 minutes, I was like, this is great. <laughs> and then it, I was kind of like, I'm kind of over it already. <laughs> so I watched the first episode. It was it was fine. It was fine. So took me back. You took me back, Bob. <laughs> and does everyone remember that Carson Daly still had a show? I turn it off every time I go take my break at work at two, yeah. two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's always on the last call, and I switch the channel. I used to watch it back in college. I remember, like he always had cool bands on that weren't on, mm-hmm. you know, more mainstream things. And I would watch you know, if there was a good interview or whatever. But I hadn't watched it in years. But he is calling it quits and being replaced with Lily Singh. Do we know who that is? No, no. YouTube celebrity Lily Singh. Oh. And her new show is going to be on 1.30 a.m. on NBC. I think this is starting in the fall, maybe September-ish, called A Little Late with Lily Singh. Um, and then, of course, all the comments are, who's this? YouTube celebrity? Blah, blah, blah. And that, that's the easiest thing in the world to just dismiss them as a YouTube person. Yeah. But uh, she last year was ranked 10th on Forbes' list of the world's highest paid YouTube stars, earning $10.5 million a year from all these viral videos she'd made. <laughs> wrote a, wrote, the book she wrote became a number one New York Times bestseller. Guys, we got to get this podcast on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so there's definitely a culture clash between people who watch The Tonight Show every night yeah, and no kids doubt. watching YouTube. like different this is a person i've literally never heard of and is a huge name in entertainment yeah yeah and it's a it's a whole format we don't even understand but uh <laughs> she her parents are from india she was raised as a sikh and identifies as bisexual so she's going to be the first lgbtq female minority late night host mm-hmm. Breaking barriers, I guess. I have to put her on at 1.30 in the morning so we don't we don't break too many barriers. Yeah. But she she voiced there were apparently unicorns in the movie Ice Age Collision Course. She did the voice for those. She had a cameo in the movie Bad Moms mm. and a role in Fahrenheit four fifty one that just came out on HBO. So she's kind of branched out into into the world. Like I've I was looking at her YouTube page and you know, every video she has has, you know, 12,000, 15,000 views. She had The Rock and a bunch of celebrities do different videos and stuff. Hmm. So, congratulations. I, I don't want to belittle <laughs> her yeah. success. It's like, I've never heard of you. You're a nobody. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what someone from that generation, I think she's she's not even 22 years old, I don't wow. think. So, she's going to do something different with Late Night. I'm sure she didn't grow up watching Johnny Carson like all the other hosts of that current generation did so hopefully she'll have a new spin on things hmm well you've been watching cliff uh not a much on not much on tv uh did watch caught up on uh, this is us um that show always somehow sucks me in and uh um kate the uh sister of the big three who uh she's pregnant this season went into labor uh, early and um so they have to rush her to the hospital and the whole family of course you know kind of unites there in the waiting room and and everybody's worried and it was 
it was a really nice episode and the storyline. Um, I really like the parts where they're just sitting in the hospital waiting room. It just it was very relatable, I think, to any family that's ever you know how many of us haven't done that when you don't know what's going on. Um, everyone is tense and getting aggravated, trying to find out the least little bit of information you can. Everybody's starting to get on each other's nerves and, and it was just very raw and very real. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, I just, the act, the acting was pretty believable. Um, Kevin is dealing with his alcoholism again, um, which you know, uh, kind of telegraphed it there. He's after they discover that he has been drinking. Kate actually is the one that discovers it at first and he can't drive her to the hospital because he's been drinking. And, um, the whole time, you know, he, he, he admits it and he says, you know, oh, I'm done. It's, it was just, I got triggered, whatever, which, you know, happens. And, um, he, the whole time he's carrying, he leaves, goes, gets the water. The whole time he's carrying this water bottle around, I'm like, oh, some, you know, check off the water bottle here. Uh, <laughs> something's going on with that, which at the very end we find out there is. And I mean, it's, of course, you know, if you watch the show, everybody's got a different storyline happening um, it, that all intertwines within the family. So I think that's what sucks people in. It's It's good. I like it. But yeah, that's uh, that Bob Saget. That's it's my week, man. <laughs> good crying, a good laugh. That's right. What else do you want? I think the only other real important thing we hadn't covered. Uh, it's official. This is Arrow's last season. Yeah, it's get a shortened final season. I think it's ten episodes, and then the Arrowverse is going to be without its Arrow. Yeah, that's going to be weird. But, you know, how how many years now have we been saying, this is going to be it? <laughs> but we've got a Batwoman show. It has to fit somewhere on the schedule. Yeah. I'm sure there's other things in the works. So, yeah. that's We've got a lot of Arrow, so let's try something new. <laughs> uh, I watched... I was watching, been watching Crashing. Have you watched any of that? Uh, yeah. I watched an episode or two. I've watched it all. There was three seasons. They just canceled it. Yeah, which I was upset. I liked. I liked it. It was, it was uh, um, Pete Holmes, who's just a positive, if slightly annoying guy, <laughs> whatever. But uh, anyway, I, I enjoyed all three seasons, and I was sad to hear that they got rid of it. It's on HBO. I like the concept. You know, just you know, comedians. You mm-hmm. know, we don't see that. You know, we don't see the struggling comedians very often. You just see them after they've had their success. So, watching someone come up through the ranks would be entertaining and then i watched escape at danamora which i really i really liked wait wait i gotta i forgot i gotta tie this in it's you know it's escape from danamora with it's got paul dano in it right who was in looper with bruce willis right who's in pulp fiction with steve buscemi check in Lonesome Dove with Ricky Schroeder. There we go. <laughs> silver Spoons. Six, we did it, guys. Six Silver Spoons of Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> okay, anyways, got uh, Patricia Arquette, Benicio Del Toro, Paul Dano are the main ones. About a prison break based on a true story. It's on Showtime, seven episodes. 
directed by Ben Stiller, and it's really good. I like a prison escape movie anyway, but she won, I think, uh, maybe a Golden Globe or an Emmy or something for it, but I really, it was really good. I was going to tell you to watch it, but you said, you know, Showtime anymore. Uh, I think this week will be like my last week of free Showtime, so... <sighs> Chip is How will you go on? <laughs> no, I am kind of bummed because they, they brought in Desus and Mero. Have you heard of those guys at all? Mm-hmm. They've got a, a late night talk show once a week. They uh, are these two buddies from the Bronx who met in high school and became comedians. They had a, a, a podcast. Again, people who turn a uh, podcast into solid gold. It's just waiting there for, on us. Right. We just have to grab it. So I started with a podcast, became a web series, had a, a thing on MTV2 they did, and then when the, the Vice channel came out, Vice Land, mm-hmm. they were there, kind of staple. They had a, a, a late night talk show, and I watched it. I had the, the previous cable package I had had Vice Land, and I would watch them occasionally. But they're just two buddies, and they kind of it's very conversational, very unrehearsed, and they just talk about the day's news. And you know they'll show clips of what's going on and just laugh about things and like it's it's very spontaneous comedy and they're they're very hilarious folks but it, they got big news Alexandra Ocasio Cortez was their first guest on the first show also from the Bronx so that kind of lifted them up everyone was talking about oh is it proper to appear on a a dirty language late night cable <laughs> show how dare she they had Don Cheadle in the second week Ben Stiller in the third <laughs> week so. Don Chila, a good episode of SNL this year. Oh, yeah, he was on there. Um, I think that's all TV. Oh, I, I, all the Big Brother fans out there. I'm currently watching Big Brother Canada 7. Oh, <laughs> wow. Which I've watched like maybe three of the previous six seasons. And I can't imagine the Canadians being very devious and like it's backstabbing. Good. Uh, the difference, is, first off, the production is really as good or better than America's version you know and the the players they they always have a great cast and the players like know how to play they they come they're fans like almost all of them are fans they don't go yeah. out and just recruit somebody to bar if they were gonna work Bigfoot into a season of Big Brother mm. it would be Canadian Bigfoot <laughs> but anyway do they eat good. a lot of poutine while they're on the show <laughs> they I hear somebody I, I wish I could have some poutine yeah <laughs> I'd like to have some poutine yeah, right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, whatever. It's good. If you, if you need your Big Brother fix this spring, uh, download a VPN and pretend you live in Canada. Yeah. Because that's the only way you can watch it. Huh. All right, let's do some streaming. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. What'd you watch, Jordan? Well, I watched the big budget Netflix movie that came out, but I don't think either of you guys did, did oh, you? Back Tattoo, the movie? Triple Frontier. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody at work about this today. Which I didn't think to look up what that term even meant. I'm sure it's a... What is it? Triple, triple Frontier? Alexa, <laughs> what does Triple Frontier mean? Triple Frontier is usually defined as the border area where Argentina and Brazil and Paraguay meet, an active South American center for contraband and drug trafficking and money laundering, a suspected locale for Islamic extremist groups. 
Eat well, that. That makes perfect sense, Ms. <laughs> Robit. Waiting for you to need to know something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this. If is you a... have any Shakespeare questions, let us know. No, I'm good. Thanks, <laughs> Alexa. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father and refuse thy name, <laughs> or if thou wilt not, be but sworn my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Okay, I see where we are. I see where we are. <laughs> All right, it had uh, Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, among a few others. Uh, yeah, it was set in South America. It was uh, basically Oscar Isaac is a career military guy who's been tracking down kind of, you know, after his military career, he's become a, uh, you know, he, he does, uh, what do you right. call that? Uh, contract. Yes, contracting with the, you know, the government down there to try to take care of these cartel guys. And he sees an opportunity to take out the worst of the worst and to profit from it. And so there's some discussion of, like, all these retired military guys who can barely make their truck payments. Right. You know, we gave our lives for this country and it never gave anything back to us. So there's kind of that argument of, you know, the veterans affairs and things like that. But it's a it's a good movie it's a fun kind of a three kings kind of vibe to yeah. it uh, if you remember that movie from i want to watch it yeah, yeah but it uh it kicked off uh one of the first action scenes had for whom the bell tolls by metallica oh yeah mm. as a soundtrack as the action's going on i'm like that is a great song to use and then i started thinking about war movies like you know every vietnam war movie had the same soundtrack you would hear Jimi hendrix or the doors or credence yeah. I was like, yeah, you, you just recognize song, you know, you recognize, you Alexa, know, they become cliches. Play For Whom the Bell Tolls. For Whom the Bell Tolls, live by Metallica, starting now on Amazon Music. Keep talking. Let's go background music. Helicopter comes swooping in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I stopped cold. You can't. <laughs> you as well as the. So I'm th- I'm watching this scene, appreciating it, thinking of you know modern war stories need cool soundtracks, and then the next scene, they're in South America and they do "Run Through the Jungle" by Creedence Clearwater Revival, the song that is in literally every Vietnam movie ever made. I'm like, okay, there we go. <laughs> but then over the final credits, they played Orion. The per, the uh, instrumental I love Metallica that. song, it's like track yeah. seven on yeah. Master of Puppets. And I'm like, yeah. So I just let the credits roll when I was listening to it, and then in the music section, it, it credited Lars Ulrich as featured score percussion. Ah. So whoever the whoever did the score for this brought in Lars, the yeah. drummer from Metallica. So huh. I love love that. Worth a watch. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll probably watch it this weekend. Hmm. Well. I watched a little show, speaking of Canadian shows, a little show called Working Moms on Netflix. If you want to bring one foot forward into a lunge in a half moon crescent and then come down yeah, for a boat pose. Can we all be brave adults and just admit that babies don't need yoga? Today I thought we'd talk about how many of you are coming up on the end of your maternity leave. You're going to be late. Yeah, I'm just saying goodbye. It's a traditional custom here on Earth. Break it up. They're going to fire you, okay. Kate. All right, cool. Here we go. So HR tells me you have a room to do your milking thing. Yes, this office. That'll put on quite a show. 
Yeah, I think I'll use the bathroom. Yes, this is Kate. Uh, no, I'm not uh, busy at all. You got the feet. Love you. I'm not so sure I want to go back to work. Eight months is not that much time. Soldiers with PTSD are given longer. Are you comparing yourself to a war hero? No, of course not. Childbirth is way harder. Um, I just turned it on just kind of as a, I was doing something one day. I was home and um, turned it on that morning. I think I was folding some laundry or something. I was like, ah, let's see what this is. It's working, working, Work, mom working quick. mom. <laughs> <laughs> so identifying. Yeah, I was in mom. the right frame of mind. And <laughs> that's what I did that day. I binged the entire season um, right there. Yeah, just looked familiar. I, I'm not sure who. Were you like folding it, towels or anything while you did it? I'm, I'm picturing this. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> what are uh, you watching? Like, Catherine Reitman sister. is the creator of the show. She's also the star of the show. Um, Danielle Kind and Jessalyn Wenlin Wenlim and Juno Ruddle play the the core cast. The the your main group of moms, right? Um, and each episode basically starts. They're in. They they all have young I children. Take any notes tonight? I didn't. Man, yeah, he just remembers everything. He's I was mom. really into the show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so each show starts out in their bit like a mommy and me group, okay? And um, you know they talk about breastfeeding and different things, and that. <laughs> And the, uh, the the lady that hosts the group is a total, like, whack job. Um, but she knows her crap when it comes to that. She lets you know. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, they each are professional women. Um, one is a very, is a, like an advertising executive, the main uh, character. Uh, another one's a, uh, Oh, a part-time working mom psychologist. Her husband's a psychologist too, and uh, the the other la- uh, one lady works in IT. She's just going back to work, and another mom is um, uh, she is a realtor and married to a- another woman. So we have a a, a, a two gay women um, also in there as far as your heterosexual couples. And it's pretty outrageous. It's outrageous. Um, very well made. Very well written. Uh, no big name actors in it, but it all it was genuine. It was just a fresh little nugget of television that I, when you're you, fo- when you're folding towels, you, man, you had and, your whole house clean and oh, it was great. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I turned my wife on to it, and uh, she let me know she'd actually already been watching it, just hadn't told me. And I'm like, how are you keeping this from me? Uh, and I already did the laundry, too. You just yeah. redid it. I washed the dishes. I mean, come on. Why am I doing all this extra work? So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. I think it was 10 episodes. Um, I think they're only about a half hour each. Um, but it's, it really sucked me in and I was like, I'm kind of good for the week now. I've watched working mom. <laughs> well, good. That's great. I don't have any streaming. So well, the polar opposite of that launched today on that love, death and robots. This was executive produced by David Fincher and Tim Miller, which is the guy who directed Deadpool. Yeah. That was his first movie. He began as an animator 
a visual effects guy. So his his world is the animation world, but he's gotten higher profile now. Deadpool made him a big deal. So these are 18 episodes. They're all animated. The shortest one I saw was six minutes. The longest one was 17 minutes. They are... I, I've watched just, I think, three of them so far. And it's different. It's sci-fi, fantasy, comedy, horror... Uh, creators from around the world just doing short little short stories and just the animation in the first couple were phenomenal um if you didn't like spider-verse maybe uh <laughs> it's not the traditional animation especially the third one it kind of reminded me of spider-verse it was very kinetic and just it was a woman running away from someone she thinks is trying to kill her and it's just, you know she bumps into something and a little sound effect pops up that says like boom or uh-huh. you know and it's just Fascinating to watch. They're just these first couple I saw, so I'm I'm excited to watch the rest of it. Venture. I did not hear anything about it. I love. Yep. Have to look hmm. that up. It's on Netflix, you say. And it said because these two guys uh, tried to get an animated either movie or series of the Goon Eric mm. Powell's comic yeah. book. They've been trying to do this for like ten years. They would venture. That's I think how these guys came together. Right. They were both trying to get the Goon made. So when that wasn't able to happen. I think this was the next best thing for him. Cool. Is that for streaming? Yep. All right, let's get to some movies. Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before the sun! Under Ruth! Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence, or mean comment. Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> Huge news today. From out of nowhere, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. James Gunn is back as director at Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Who'd have thunk it? Just goes to show, guys, that when when everything comes down to it, Disney will they'll come through. They'll make the right yeah. decision. They'll create and solve their own problems. That's right. <laughs> we should never have thought ill of Disney for one moment. Absolutely not. I I I knew it the whole time. As a, I shared you guys. I that, never wavered. A tweet from uh, Taika Waititi I was like, "Wait, I thought I was directing." <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, there was a rumor yeah. for a while that he was in talks, but there was nobody ever in talks, I guess, from what I hear today, that they just were was waiting. So is Gunn still doing Suicide Squad? Oh, yeah. You got him, trolls. Now he's working for DC and Marvel. Yep. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, he has to do Suicide Squad first, and then he, he can do... You know, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, however long that takes, you know, and I, I would be like, one of them's got to. Who's getting the best ideas? Which one? Like, did he take ideas that he was going to use for Guardians, or mm-hmm. even though you know that script, well, that we, script was supposedly already written, right? But, right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I assume they'll both be great. But yeah, he basically just did what was the best way to handle it. He. He had already apologized for what they, you know, the tweets or he wrote yeah. years ago, and he apologized then. Then when the, when all this went down, he apologized again and then never said anything else, and which was he just went off line, didn't 
didn't argue about it or anything, just apologize again. So that must have been all it needed was to just keep quiet, keep his mouth shut, and then they brought him back. So Yeah, and I saw, um, as far as Suicide Squad goes, Will Smith is out yeah. as Deadshot. And who did they replace him with? I saw who it was. I did too. No, I can't remember. Wasn't there a rumor it was Idris Elba? That's not... I, oh, yeah, what, what I, was it? I, I did it see was. that. Yeah, I think it was. It was. Maybe it is. Well, nothing was confirmed as far as I heard. Okay, I'll yeah. fall for that. That's okay. fine. Yeah, sure. Fine. Cool. He seems too big. A, well, I guess Will Smith's a big star. Yeah, but a pretty big I star. Idris Elba seems... <laughs> not blue enough. Well, how do you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost posted this week about the new Aladdin trailer, but I decided mm-hmm. I just, that's one I just deleted because I'm like, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade <laughs> yeah i was thinking that that second trailer made it look way better way better and it's moved from unwatchable just to unnecessary yeah <laughs> yeah i'm i'm sure by the time it comes out it'll be fine just late they just had some pretty bad advertising early on uh guys there was a you got any other big news before we get right to it there was a pretty big movie came out last weekend Captain Marvel. The future of our world is at stake. You have a mission. How do I look? Fresh. On March 8th. Is this normal? Pretty much. Go higher. Go further. Go faster. Not to show these boys how we do it. (laughs) Captain Marvel. You know you're glowing, right? Uh... Did everyone see it? Yeah. Sure did. You did? Did you hate it or something? No, I had an interesting experience. Oh, well, by all means. Well, let me tell We'll tell you ours first real quick. I saw it first there of us there on opening night, first showing there that Thursday. and With my, a familiar face. Oh, Bucky was there. You know it. You we, know it. We can't go to the theater without Bucky. He's just there. I think he lives there. It's like Jughead at the Bijou right. or, wherever, then, or at the drive-thru. Then uh, and the whole freaking, I mean, the place was pretty full, and they loved it. Just the crowd went wild. Um, you said you watched the show right after that. Yeah, I went to the 945 showing, and there were maybe a dozen people there. Yes. So I was a little worried until I heard you said it was a full crowd. And then we saw the, yeah, we saw the weekend box office come through and that was not a problem. What happened to you, Cliff? Um, so I went, I went Sunday, Sunday afternoon and, um, we went to church and the plan was to go to Parkersburg because I had a gift card for a restaurant in Parkersburg. And then we had some regal gift cards for the theater at our local mall. I have one laying there. Somebody take it with them when you leave. Yeah. Because I don't go there anymore. So we went to lunch and we were running very close. It was 1230 showing. So we get there at the theater at like 1225. There's a massive line. People going, buying their tickets. And I'm like, oh, crap. Now... We're on it. We have a very small window because my daughter has volleyball practice in Parkersburg at the high school at uh, before three o'clock. Right. And my son has to be at work and lay down some four. tense music behind us. Yes. Yes. Very dramatic thing going on. So, Alexa, 
<laughs> Play for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> no, no. For whom the bell tolls. No. Fly, I didn't think it would listen to my voice. Alexa, Amazon stop. Music. <laughs> oh, Lord. Stop. No, it's not listing. Yet. There it goes. Double one. So yeah. So you want a sidekick? Yeah. I didn't know you were going to tell her to do stuff. Uh, so Alexa, like, she's my girl. Alexa, will you be my girlfriend? Nothing. She's got nothing. I think to you say. got your oh, answer there. Now. Alexa, will you be my girlfriend? I like you as a friend. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, shot down. No, so uh, there's this massive line, and I'm like, "Oh crap, we're gonna miss something or not get in." And uh, so I run over to because they have like a self checkout, right? Right. Everybody's in the other line, so I hurry up and I throw my regal card in there and uh, pick my movie I want to watch. And there are five of us. There are like four seats left, not together. <laughs> So I'm like, uh, crap. So much for this. And bless her heart, Cooper's girlfriend says, you guys go see it. I'll go shop while you go see it. Don't worry about me, whatever. And I was like, well, no, we're not doing that. And by the time we're doing this, two of those seats disappear. Right. So I'm like, oh, crap. And immediately my daughter goes, it's okay. It's okay. I'll go shopping too. And my wife follows suit. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess. Just Cooper and I will go Girl see power. it. Yeah. So we get the last two seats in the theater while this is happening, which happened to be in the very front row. No way. Of course. Over in the corner. But they were together, so that was good. But, yeah, we're sitting here with our, <laughs> <laughs> our necks stretched up and to the right the whole movie. It was rather uncomfortable, but I, you know, really like the movie, so... I bet your the rest of your family would like to see it too. Yeah, yeah we're gonna have to go see it again. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, are we? How spoilery? So we're getting yeah. spoilery. Yeah, we're gonna dive into some spoilers from here on out. So if you haven't seen it yet, uh, we'll bid you adieu and come back later. But yeah. from here on out, we're gonna talk about the plot and the twists and the ending and everything. So thanks for listening and go see more movies. <laughs> Not at the mall. Right. So, like, within 30 seconds, my crowd was blistering applause. Because when they threw up the Marvel thing, they had just, it was just Stan. All kinds of shots of Stan. Right, and right. and uh, it was really well done. Um, What'd you think? Well, again, you got them, trolls. They only made $160 million in the first weekend. Mm. I I want to talk about the controversy, but I don't want to, again, I don't want to rain on parades, but all the stuff leading into that, I'm still mad about it. Yeah. I don't know if we should start with way, that, start the, with that yeah, or end with it. Yeah, but. not in the way all the, uh, the trolls were mad about it, but <clears throat> he's upset, guys. <laughs> No, it's it's ridiculous. The the controversy over Brie Larson and her horrible, racist, you know, man-hating statements that, okay, there's always, stuff happens like this all the time. 
somebody says something, it's taken one way, taken another way, we forget about it in a week. But, like, this has become part of the narrative of this movie. It has become kind of accepted. Oh, the movie did well despite Brie Larson making a mistake and Brie Larson saying really stupid things. But I, to me, that's not true. Yeah. We have kind of accepted this weird reality that she did something wrong. And we're all just still running with it. So I, I it's ridiculous to me. But it, I, I have the quote from Marie Claire. She did an interview. Um, and the, the reporter was an African-American woman who had a disability. And she sought her out specifically to do this pretty high-profile interview. Because Brie Larson's still fairly new. She's not a, a superstar. She's still kind of new at this. But she's... I've seen her on other talk shows. She seems kind of uncomfortable with celebrity. She's not throwing her weight around or anything. But she sees the great power she has, and she's trying to apply great responsibility. Mm, So in this interview... She says, and it's a long quote, but I'm going to read it because I think the context is important. No, no, just pull out the parts where she sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, about a year ago, I started paying attention to what my press days looked like and the critics reviewing movies and noticed it appeared to be overwhelmingly white male. So I spoke to Dr. Stacy Smith at the USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative, who put together a study to confirm that. Moving forward, I decided to make sure my press days were more inclusive. After speaking with you, indicating the reporter, the film critic Valerie Complex, and a few other women of color, it sounded like across the board they weren't getting the same opportunities as others. When I talked to the facilities that weren't providing it, they all had different excuses. End quote. So, this has become... Ah, Brie Larson. She doesn't want me to watch her movie. So she saw what she perceived to be a problem. That the, the, the world of movie critics wasn't diverse. She did research to prove her thesis was correct. When it was proven correct, then she did something to work towards changing it. But some people were still kind of upset. She had had a quote from about a year before um, in response to A Wrinkle in Time, which if you remember when that movie came out, yeah, uh, got didn't do so hot at the box office, I don't think, and got pretty savage by the critics. And she said then, so Brie Larson said, quote, I don't need a 40-year-old white dude to tell me what didn't work about A Wrinkle in Time. It wasn't made for him. I want to know what it meant to women of color, biracial women to teen women of color. End quote. So that's a little more iffy to me. Um, I've seen in the arguments there are a lot of a lot of angry young white people say that about women who critique these comic book movies. It's not made for you. Like right. you shouldn't say that to a critic. If you have a criticism of a movie, it's valid from all right. points. So that's not a great argument that it wasn't made for you because then that just excludes more people. But a survey uh, within the last year says 78% of film criticism was by men in the United States. And pretty close to that. With, 100% with, in this room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're the ones yeah. to talk. But pretty close to that with racial minorities. So those two quotes have kind of all been mushed together into Brie Larson doesn't respect the fans. She doesn't want, you know, she hates white men and all this stuff. I, 
I went to just randomly, uh, was one of the first that popped up in my web search to Fox News. And their headline when this news broke, uh, the headline was, quote, Brie Larson doesn't want Captain Marvel press tour to be overwhelmingly white male, colon, report. So Fox News reported this story, ran those quotes, basically word for word. They didn't editorialize. It was not a, a screed against her. It just said the facts, what she said. And in the comments beneath, I cut and pasted a few comments. Oh, my God. Wow. What a disgusting anti-white comment. Just what I've come to expect from Hollywood. All white people don't see this film. Let's see how this insane SJW will do in her failing career. Because Wonder Woman wasn't feminist man-hating enough. Eye roll emoji. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Just a number, another liberal racist. God, I hope this movie flops. Thanks for letting this white male know not to buy a movie ticket for your movie. Thanks, twit. Wow, this chick is unpleasant. <laughs> I will go see this movie right after I see the male Wonder Woman and the white Black Panther. And my all-time favorites, meh, she's built like a stick. <laughs> Getting to the, the important part. Nice of games. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they totally just read it all out of... I don't know yeah. what she said. I don't know how what she said translates to that. I don't know what filter that was run through... To get that response, I honestly don't. I'm not. I'm trying not to be naive about it. Right. I know the world we're in, the politics we deal with. But she came back later and clarified, trying to clarify, saying, "What I'm looking for is to bring more seats up to the table. No one is getting their chair taken away. There's not less seats at the table. There's just more seats at the table." Right. And after all this, she's. I. I. I I'm not on Twitter, but. There's been some tweets she's made about her feminist stances on things and whether you agree or disagree with whether that's the right platform for this. That's a different argument. But um, I just I, I, I don't get it. I don't get the, the prevailing narrative that this has become. And it, it really clicked with me. Um, it was talking about Saturday Night Live. And I wish I could remember who it was. I, I think it was Tina Fey, but don't quote me. She was talking about being a, a woman writer at Saturday Night Live. And she said, I was never, you know, no one ever excluded me. No one ever, you know, harassed me. I was not less than the guys at the table. But she would come forward with an idea, like, hey, why don't we do this? And it was from her perspective. And when 80% of the guys at the table are dudes, and they're like, eh, they didn't connect with them. So they just, eh, and passed on it. Where if you have a more diverse, like, a lot yeah. of their skits, to, they have a, a much more diverse cast nowadays. And they do things, you know, uh, they've done different commercials and things that, that really are, you know, different races and different genders and things. Like, it's much more diverse than it was. And a lot of these skits I don't think would have gotten on back then. So, it, again, it's not about being, you don't have to be horribly racist and hate women to perpetuate this. It's just you're not hearing their voices. And when you don't hear that voice, it doesn't enter your head. And it's eh, it's easy to dismiss and move on to your own thing. So I, I don't know. I'm not I don't I'm not on stand soapbox here, but it's just enforcing how important this is when literally Marvel's first female hero with a solo movie, 21 movies into this. And this is what we're dealing with. Right. That's that's the that's the thing right there is like it took this long this is Marvel's first female-led movie, and 
Oh, they didn't want to see it. We didn't want to see it. Well, guess what? Like I said, $160 million in the first weekend. And then they tried to turn Shazam <laughs> into some weird alt-right crusade. <laughs> like, well, that's the real Captain Marvel. Completely And then all of a sudden, Zachary Quinto. Yeah, no, Zachary no. Quinto. Zachary <laughs> Chuck. What's his Levi. Name? Jackery yeah, Levi, he has to come out and say, yeah. "Let's all like every movie." Like yeah. he has to defend something that sh- requires no defense. But I said it was the kind of Pepe the Frog, <laughs> Shazam. Like you're going to see him pop up mm-hmm. on 4chan and all these horrible websites as some symbol of male superiority that is just mm-hmm. disgusting. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, so now after, I dare so, you to criticize this movie. All right, fellow white dudes, what did we think of the movie? <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, like I said, my theater loved it. Yeah, the my theater as a whole probably loved it more than I did, but I really did like it. I, yeah, I, I genuinely really enjoyed the movie. I I tried to have a conscious thought before going into it that I did not want to compare it to Wonder Woman. Oh, I no, I was definitely comparing it to Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, there's I no can, way, there's I no way around it for me. I was, I was like, these are the only. Women-led ones, Marvel versus DC. I want to know which one's better. You know, I really liked Wonder Woman. I really liked this. I mean, they're they're both comparable. I I enjoyed both. Of them. I I had just recently watched Wonder Woman the other day, and before I saw this, and so I had it fresh in my mind. But I really didn't, be, and I really do love that movie. Um, there's a couple scenes in that movie that I just are some of the best things I've ever seen up on the screen. And so I really didn't want to go in here go, just with the thought in my head, oh, this can't be better than Wonder Woman, or Wonder Woman did this better, or this movie did that better than Wonder Woman. I, I, I was trying to envision them as two separate things and keep that out of my mind. But I, I really did enjoy it. I thought she was great. Um, I don't know that much about Captain Marvel, so I was pretty fresh going into it. So I... I was pretty open to whatever story they were going to throw at me was going to be okay. I wasn't going to have a problem with this character was supposed to be this guy or, you know, this was supposed to happen differently. None of that mattered to me. When, when was she created in the comics? Um, the original Captain Marvel, uh, you know, the late sixties Cree mm-hmm. adventurer who breaks off from the, you know, less humanitarian Cree people to help protect earth. Um, he gets Carol Danvers as a kind of sidekick love interest co-star within a couple years. Then she gets her power, becomes Ms. Marvel. So she was Ms. Marvel from the early 70s on. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until just a few years ago she took over the mantle and was full Captain Marvel. Right. Yeah. When, when I started reading comics, Captain Marvel was Monica Rambeau. You know, and and uh, Carol was Ms. Marvel. Or, and then Warbird and binary, yeah, binary, yeah. So yeah, this character has never had a huge impact. Like she was gone for like a decade in the comics, right? And she uh, <laughs> like Rogue stole her powers. Mm-hmm. Like she, her, that was her most important thing for years. That's all I really ever knew about her. For Ro- it was Rogue's origin story, basically. Mm-hmm. Besides the kind of the feminist earliest stuff, you know, for the long stretch of the 80s, she was just a non-entity. Yeah. Well, because she always had, I mean, honestly, they're just kind of boring powers. You know, it's just like, I I have powers that 
I'm just powerful. Right. You know, that, that's, <laughs> I mean, I'm Superman or whatever, you know, it's. So it's not to fairly recently they've kind of tried to push her to the forefront, which I can see the criticism for as well. Like, it was not an organic fan demand that pushed her. It was Marvel saying, this is one of our most, you know, important female characters who is very powerful and she's not tied to a team or a, you know, she's not, you know, her origin began with a man's name, but it's kind of, she's kind of her own character, basically. So Marvel really pushed to make her a star and her miniseries would have very big, you know, cult following, but it was never a huge success. She was never a fan favorite that people were dying to see. So it was a little bit of Marvel kind of gaming the system to make her the big star, but I don't know. Sometimes you gotta you gotta do that. See what yeah. <laughs> see what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, well, I, I like I said, I, I really liked it. I liked all a the, lot of the stuff they did. I, yeah, the team up was great with her and uh, and Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, uh, he was great in this movie. Uh, I didn't at any one point did I really have the thought that oh he's you know much much older and made this looks fake or anything like that well I was they just can do that de-aging stuff so well i mean he was de-aged yeah this, oh yeah yeah know, he definitely so. was he looked great did colson look weird yeah, yeah it's the hair it was the, the hair. hair okay yeah. like colson every time colson was on there i was like oh what's happening yeah. but i completely bought sam jackson yeah then it, it ran his, no. Yeah. <laughs> that was a 70 year old man room, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. yeah. but did you buy or enjoy his his different kind of attitude like the young I, yeah, young I, Nick Fury I carefree. really did he hadn't yeah. seen it all yeah he hadn't seen it all yet and um, you know he was still very clearly the same character but uh, much more laid back yeah, so you feel it, it? It lined up. It didn't. It wasn't too jarring to make him kind of the jokester. I, no. I actually, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed him a lot more in this than his little bit parts in the. And it movies. played off really well with her because she was such a serious character, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I, I, I love him. He's great. I, th- I thought he did really well in this. Yeah, that was my main criticism as just kind of the character herself, and it's part of the origin story that that makes her kind of a a blank slate. It's, she has amnesia. She doesn't know who she is. So for a lot of this movie, she has like no personality. Yeah. There's no. She doesn't bring any really anything to the table. We get there's a great montage of her growing up. You know, we get we get glimpses. You know, she likes karaoke and that stuff. But well, that's it really, was Top Gun. It was you know that's what it was. <laughs> she was her even her cat's name is Goose. You know, I. She, it was all Top Gun, and. It, all those I like the way they did that you know the t- time mm-hmm. stuff and showing you our past and kind of dreamlike it's like hey that's like out of Top Gun right? they're, <laughs> they're singing you got that loving feeling or whatever you know I I, I like that stuff but uh, which now that cat was not named Goose in the comics it is Chewy in the comics mm. so but uh, I thought that was good to go with the uh, more the stick with the Top Gun theme there <laughs> And you know, plus the uh, when was that that the Chewy uh, series? You know when was this uh, character? That's the more recent, like Kelly Sue DeConnick. The more when she first became Captain Marvel and went hung out with Alpha Flight out in space and things. So that's, but what years are we talking? Uh, within the last five years. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize it was that recently that that character was. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I was I was along for the ride for the whole thing. I I real you know, like I said, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a, uh, I didn't feel like it was a run of the mill Marvel movie. Um, so much as I I have some of these you know origin stories, Doctor Strange, and, that, and yeah, stuff to like me, that. It, I I think if it had come out five or six years ago, mm-hmm. when we were establishing all these characters, I think I would have been so much more excited and on yeah. board. But, like, we've kind of gone past... Like, that's one of our criticisms. Like, oh, Doctor Strange was fine, but it was kind of an origin story. Like, right. we are too endgame. Like, mm-hmm. we have built this for 10 years. It's like, I don't really want to look back at this point. I want to keep moving forward. Yeah. But we got to kind of sandwich her in here. So, you know, you can't turn the clock back. But that's... I said, if I have... My major criticism is he should have been around earlier, introduced, and part of this right. universe. Yeah. Yeah, they... And the whole Kree Scrawl stuff, like I thought that was a great twist, you know, because they vilified these scrawls, which is such a oh obvious, you know, right, racial right. Yeah. profiling thing. These are refugees seeking asylum right. at our borders. Oh, well, they're rapists. How, how do we treat them? <laughs> right. And then you find out that, you know, they're you know, they at least some were good, you know, and and that's just the thing. Fine people on both sides. Right, exactly. But I, I like that. It's not like they're saying all scrawls are good. You know, there's... This This is what really tests my biases because I hate all aliens. So mm. I find... And it, robots. I, robots. And aliens. robots. Wow. I don't know which is worse, but I found it very hard to empathize with these scrolls because I didn't... And again, you cast Ben Mendelsohn... Who was great. ...to be super... Like, he's the best bad guy you can get. And then you have to switch it around can you feel sympathy for this guy or empathy for this guy so yeah nobody saw that coming they cast him you're like villain <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> and he's like doing the jewels sipping the <laughs> sipping out of his i cup. didn't notice that when it happened oh, so I, I thought it was a weird scene that i start seeing all the memes oh up. yeah so good but yeah the kree are always they've been established on agents of shield and all these mm-hmm. other things that these are not you know they're not bad bad guys but you know they they're not good guys either. they really did bring it all i mean having ron in there and everything really brought a lot back around to and, us so. uh, korath or whatever yeah, john yeah. hansu was yeah um did we like the soundtrack no nah, there was some sketchy needle drops in there <laughs> this was not it was sort of that's what i call 80s this or was, 90s yeah this yeah. was not Everybody wants to be James Gunn. Well, guess what? <laughs> you just not everybody has the touch. Although I, I admit I, my toe was tapping during just the girl. Uh, I even that while was, I was like, "Oh, this is a little bit." There on was the nose. two that stuck out that I didn't like that because it was way too on the nose. And don't you dare say Lita Ford. No. Okay. I don't even remember. They played Kiss Me Deadly. Oh yeah, that's what the karaoke was. Oh, I don't. It was rem- Kiss Me Deadly. I don't remember. It's all work. <laughs> but the. But I love that song. Um, the. I like the one she does with Ozzy. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, the other one that I didn't like was Come As You Are because it didn't. Sorry, it didn't. Mm-hmm. It, it just those those didn't match up with the moments right for me. And I, well, I mean, the just a girl was so on the nose. And just like I don't know, there, there were some deeper cuts. They, they exactly. Cut I will say that, and, and I heard an interview with the directors. They were like, "We listened to 500 songs, 
And we started with that song. We ended up playing that song. And it was just like we couldn't find anything better. And Cliff, you were pointing out the, the Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. Just Whatever. That feel... was exactly... Yeah, you were like, that's not grunge. Well... It's not say, grunge. He didn't say you were your everything you're wearing is complete grunge. You know, he was, she had her flannel. He made her a reference. He didn't say it is grunge. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like to think Nick Fury knew that that was an industrial band. It just felt like, hey, high schoolers are having a '90s party. What yeah. can I put on from my mom's closet? Like, mm-hmm. it didn't. It did feel super authentic. We'll say. Same with a, was a Fawn's lunchbox. Like, yeah. how nineties is that? Right. Come on. <laughs> what do you guys think? Family of, matters, man. Do something. Well, oh God, anything. Yeah. What do you think? The whole, the all with the cat, the flirkin, the flirkin. I was all in on the flirkin. Yeah. I highly enjoyed the flirkin. That's been big on you know, social media and marketing yeah. and things. People love. I didn't cats. know anything about that. Obviously, you would have known. I did not know that the cat was going to be this thing, and. It's got pocket universes in it, supposedly, <laughs> and it's, you know, and the whole thing with the tesseract. Like, I mean, of course, we had the two scenes after, you know, mid credits yeah. and after credits. And anyway, I, I didn't love that's how Nick loses his eye. Right. That was a little bit like, and also the oh, I'll change it to Avengers. Well, like, yeah, it's yeah, kind of adding yeah. history. Oh. We didn't have to. You guys also out. don't have cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that rang a little As, more true to you. Yeah, it was a little bit more. He doesn't uh, mind that stuff. Was what he was cool with Han, Alo- <laughs> Han Alono. So I'm sure he's fine with freaking Carol Avengers. And somebody remind me. I keep forgetting to look this up. Ask the robot if you have to. Where did where did we find the Tesseract when we started these whole movies? Um, First Avenger, where I, what the bottom of the ocean? Yeah, but yeah, originally Captain America or the Red Skull gets it in Norway, right? In World War, War, War II. Two. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. When he takes it and disappears, the yeah, it goes into the ocean. To, uh, Howard Stark finds oh, yeah. it when they're digging out. And then it's with shield. shield. Yeah, so shield had it the whole time. So it's somewhere in a shield facility. Right. right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Let's see what so else. So where is it when Loki finds it? It was. Was it already in the scepter. No, no. Um, it was never in the scepter. No. What am I thinking? No. The uh, other stone was, which didn't make a lot of sense now, like when you think about it now, because the mind stone was in the scepter why would thanos give him the the that gem while oh. searching for another it's all unraveling yeah <laughs> don't pull these threads cliff i can't take it a month before in game i can't yeah. do it yeah so i guess kevin feige did, some people were kind of like so was that our secret invasion you know is that all we get and he he was basically like, well not necessarily you know he wouldn't say either way you know but he's got of, a lot of he's going to have a lot of new toys to play with as yeah far we don't as we're not going to know anything they've already said we're not, they're not going to give any scheduling news until after Spider Man yeah so, um it was announced there just recently that the Fox Disney deal will be official March at midnight March the twentieth. So that's coming up. They can't touch anything until it's 
officially official. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's coming up here very, very quickly. When did when did uh oh, back to the eye thing in the cat scratch? Which I agree, I was not. I was like, I did like. He's like, oh, it's just a, a scratch from the cat or whatever. And Ben Mendelsohn was like, oh, no, just yeah. like it's kind of like no, you don't realize that was bad, you know. But um, when does he say one of the movies? He says the last time I well, like they asked him when he lost sight. When I last time. Last time I trusted someone. Yeah, something about trusting a yeah. friend or something. And he yeah. says I in this movie him. to the cat, yeah. he says, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Now, had they played a little cat scratch fever at that moment, <laughs> maybe you would have been on board a little bit I think bit we more. all would have walked out. Look at my hand. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you look, I've got <laughs> cat scratches all over my arms and hands. And <laughs> so glad I kicked that cat out of my carport. <laughs> yeah, Pushed thanks. it over to your, your house. <laughs> So yeah, that uh, that little teaser at the end that that worked for me when mm-hmm. she walked in. Yeah, and it's like, oh, she's part of the crew now. Yeah. All right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was good. And since then, we've seen her in the new trailer, which they timed perfectly. You know, right after. Yeah, that. I was wondering if you guys had actually. watched I it. I did not watch it. I'm. I didn't watch it for a day. I'm uh, already. I'm already on lockdown mode. Watched, I'm not like but, violently. Okay, I will say this. I will say. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this. I'm not going to spoil anything. Yeah. But there's no way that you haven't seen headlines about what is shown in that. Like, mm-hmm. and that's all there is in the trailer. So you might as well watch. Yeah, it. I'm sure it doesn't give much away. But I'm just. I'm ready to. Ju- I just want to experience. It I agree. I, I usually only lately have only been watching the first trailer of anything, and that. But it doesn't really give anything away. Yeah, I watched it immediately, and it's it's got a lot of flashback footage in it and stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of flashback, a lot of clips. It's so it's worth. I would say this because as much as I'm I'm trying to avoid too many trailers, trailers are part of the experience sometimes, (laughs) and it's an art to make a trailer. And the thing I got the most out of this was they that Avengers theme. The the build up they do with the other music to get to that at the end of the trailer is intoxicating. <laughs> I mean, it is worth watching that just to build to that theme at the end. What I got out of it is if you're going to do a bunch of clips, just ask Topher Grace to put it together for you. <laughs> and you'll be way better off. You'll get the real reaction you want. So. I, I, thought, I thought it was good. It, it pumped me up. Oh, man. So anyway, yeah, I think that's it. I think we covered it. We liked it. I loved the. Uh, I think I told you when Jude Law at the end's like wanting to her prove himself, you yeah, know, prove herself to him, fight him. It's just like Ben Shapiro to bait me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's like whatever. And to me, yeah, that sort of thing is the best sort of feminist message you can have. It was. Without coming out and saying, I'm a girl, I can do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, do it more subtly, like that. And it that that's that's the most empowering message you can give a young girl watching this. I think like I don't have to prove myself to you over anybody else. Go away. So all in all, yeah. Popped us up for the Mm -hmm. end game. That's what we're waiting on now. Good job. I don't know where. <laughs> what I assume there will be a Captain Marvel two. I'm sure. And uh, well, I you think I guess with uh, oh, got to be two hundred million by now. I think they'll probably try to make some more money. Yeah. 
Because uh, the girls need some movies too. I don't know what to tell you, people. Seems like a no brainer. We did it. Yep. <laughs> I don't. I never signed this thing off, so I don't. I don't know how to get oh, you guys. I'm, to do it. Seg- I'm still working on my segues. <laughs> hundred and how many episodes are we doing? Okay. Oh thank wait, you. wait, wait, wait. We can't pass uh, up. I'm sorry. I, we gave you ample time. I know. We got. <laughs> we got to point out. It was a really good moment there at the end when it. They had. She was told the whole movie. Her problem was, she was too emotional. And you saw it the whole movie, all these flashbacks to her growing up being too emotional. And you find out that's her strength. And that flash of all of her getting up, mm-hmm. always getting up after getting knocked down. That was awesome. Yeah, that, again, used in the first trailer for this to very good effect. Yes. You you, you got, as I said, we didn't get much of character building, but if that's all we're getting, they did a good job. Yeah, that was great. Okay, Captain so. Marvel. Thumbs up all around the table. Mm-hmm. Ten fingers and ten, ten toes. toes. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark. Uh, thank you for listening. We very much appreciate it. Uh, where can they find more of this amazing dialogue? Oh, my gosh. Wherever podcasts are found, like iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify. Um, you can email us at... Alexa, have you ever heard of Kapow, the pop-cultured podcast? Sorry, I don't know that. <laughs> That sounds about right. Ouch. That hurts Alexa. <laughs> I'm going to unplug Alexa. <laughs> I had a feeling she didn't know us. Um, she lives here. Yeah. <laughs> She's listened to every one of our recordings. <laughs> She's interrupted half of them. <laughs> but you can email us at um, kapow, the pop cultured podcast at gmail.com or. Hit us up on social media on Twitter at the Kapow Podcast or find our Facebook page. That's all I got. Cool. Uh, we have lots of Riverdale to talk about. Um, we'll be back very soon with a Riverdale episode. We'll catch you then. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Bye forever. Kapow, the pop culture podcast, is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.